0: What's going on guys in today's podcast since we're at roughly the halfway point in the 2021 season, I figured it would be a good time again to revisit these power rankings and give you a whole new set of rankings because of course, if you would look at my previous ones that that I did, I think after like week three, it would be way off, right? I mean, that's just the way the NFL is. You can't predict it. Don't get worked up about it. It is what it is. You know, I mean, there were, I think after three weeks, we had undefeated teams being the Denver Broncos the Carolina Panthers, the, I think San Francisco, or San Francisco was undefeated after two weeks. And that may have been when I did the podcast. So like those teams were all undefeated, right? And it was teams along with the Arizona Cardinals, of course, who are still undefeated. Um, and those teams it, clearly have all gone downhill. The Niners have lost four straight. The Panthers have lost four straight. And the Broncos have lost four straight. So it's not been pretty if you were a fan of those teams, because early on it looked promising. And then boom. You know, and then you've had you've also had teams like the Indianapolis Colts and the Atlanta Falcons kind of randomly coming on strong, whereas they started uh, very poorly. I mean, the Colts, for example, were one and four, but in all reality, they were so they were one and three or they were zero and three, okay. And then they beat the Dolphins, and they had the Ravens in Baltimore on, on Monday Night Football. They had them right, and then they they let. Lamar Jackson go completely crazy, come back and win that game. But if they if they would have just held on to that win in Baltimore, they they would have won right now four straight games. You know, so like things like that to me are very important in terms of like trying to put together these rankings and trying to put together where I or what I think these teams, the Falcons, like I mentioned as well, have won three of four, and that's fantastic. But they should have won four of they should have won four straight. They should have beat the Washington football team. They had them, bad clock management, blah, blah, blah. And they lose that game, barely, but they lost. So anyways, we're going to start at 32 just because I know that if I go one through five first, you guys will be out of here and not even care about the rest. So I'll make it quick. 32 being the Houston Texans, I don't think I need to really sum that up. I mean, they just can't score points and they really can't stop points from being scored. It's been rough in Houston. Um, The Jaguars are at 31. I think that's, I mean, you could maybe make the argument that they're 30 or 29, but to me, I'm, I'm calling them 31 right now, and uh, the Jets 30, and I know the Jets I could easily have put at 31, but I'm, I'm just, for some reason, I still have more, slightly more optimism, assuming Zach Wilson is healthy, of course, and I know he's going to miss a few games, but it's not season ending, so Jets are 30 for me. Uh, the Dolphins are 29th, and who would have thought that going, entering this season? The Miami Dolphins were a team that I think a lot of people thought would win 10 games or so at, at least, right? I mean, maybe 11 or 12, but right now it's ugly in Miami one in six dolphins. That is okay. Uh, number 28. And I wanted to show some respect to this winless team. That's the Detroit lions, man. The Detroit lions to me are, are not one of the top or one of the bottom three or four teams They're They are number 28. And I think that when you look at what they've done against good competition, I mean, like having the lead at halftime in Green Bay on primetime, uh, giving the Rams all they can handle, giving the Ravens all they could handle, I, I just want to be respectful to what's going on in Detroit because when you look at talent, if I was ranking these teams on just pure talent, on-paper talent, the Lions would probably be last. I mean, I, realistically, they have a pretty decent offensive line. They have an all-right quarterback Um other than that, it's not, they don't have much, you know, and and, uh, so it's been impressive how competitive they've been able to remain even in the midst of a seven game losing streak to open the season. That's tough. Um, By the way, I don't think there's any chance that the Lions go winless this season. I think they're going to get at least two or three wins before it's all said and done. Okay. The Carolina Panthers are 27th and that's, devastating for me simply because I am a Panther fan as most of you know by now um and also considering we were 3 and 0 remember the Panthers visited the Cowboys in week 4 and i think had the lead or were very close to a lead at halftime i think maybe they were down by 1 or whatever it was but since then it has been very uh, i think they were favorites in Dallas imagine that guys 3 4 weeks ago the Panthers were favorites in Dallas, playing a, a Cowboys team that was on a, I think, what three-game win streak at that time. So, how quickly things change in the NFL. But right now, look, the defense is still very good. The offense in Carolina is very bad. And I'm not going to allow you to tell me it's all because of Christian McCaffrey. I am someone who is very bullish on the fact that running backs are far more valuable than what, you know, the analytics say they are, or or, or than you know whatever. But the point is, Chuba Hubbard has played pretty well. The fact of the matter is Sam Darnold has been downright awful awful I mean he has been the Jets Sam Darnold and I feel like I jinxed him because it's at halftime of that Cowboys game I literally posted that the Panthers uh, owner Dave Tepper should be considered for owner of the year because Sam Darnold's thrown for 300 yards in each of the first three games or thereabouts like 297 and one I think but the point is he was very good for three and a half games right at that halfway point and this is why i've posted it at that halfway point in my in my uh, recent post it's been all downhill from there right? He threw two two picks in the second half of that cowboy game and from then on it has just been interception sam like nine interceptions since halftime in the cowboys game right now okay that's rough and so the panthers offense because of sam darnold and yeah i know the offensive line isn't good i get that okay but the offensive line wasn't good when sam went 3 and 0 that nothing it, there hasn't been any drastic change in that regard. So uh, the defense has been still good, maybe not quite as dominant, but particularly against the uh, run game, they've they've allowed some you know some leaks in that in that way. But um, overall, man, it's been tough to be a Panther fan for the last month after a really red hot start. So Panthers are twenty seventh for me. The Philadelphia Eagles are twenty sixth, and I had these teams reversed initially, but the Eagles just beat the Panthers two weeks ago, so I couldn't really you know I I, I felt a little weird about. And they beat them in Carolina, so and they came back and beat them too. so I felt a little weird about having them, uh, you know, reverse. So I, I got the Eagles at 26, the um, Giants are 25. I think the Giants are, as we saw, they dominated the Panthers. Only allowed, I mean, scored 25. The Panthers go down, kick, uh, kick a field goal, go up three zip. The Giants outscore them 25 to zero in the majority in the rest of that game. So to me, that shows that. I can't call the Panthers a better football team than the Giants right now. I can't, right? I mean, you get beat 25 zip, that's that's pretty decisive, okay? And let's see here. The the Washington football team, number 24 for me, I think Washington has been pretty competitive. They've, they've run into a couple of tough matchups in a row against the Kansas City Chiefs the previous week and then last week being against the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay, and they fought hard. If they didn't get Turned away at the goal line, essentially, or, or in the red zone on four possessions. Maybe they win that game, or at least make it a much closer, uh, you know, competitive game. So I think that part of it is uh, encouraging slash discouraging because you got to be better in the red zone. And then it's encouraging from their defense's point. Like the defense played much better in that game against the Packers, holding Aaron Rodgers to just 24 points in Green Bay. Uh, number 23 is the Bears, and I know they just got completely destroyed in uh Tampa Bay but I mean the defense fights hard the defense is good and they don't just fight hard they have talent they are good the offense is awful I mean it's that it's been awful like even in their where they won like I think it was three or four games previous at some point this year they I remember posting about it they had only averaged like 17.5 points per game in those three wins you know so it's just that's what they are they're a team that They have to be able to hold you to below 20 points because otherwise they don't have a chance of winning. You know, if you score 24 points, you win. That's just point blank period. What it is right now with the Chicago bears team. I'm hoping Justin Fields gets better, you know, as the season goes on and, and uh, Matt Nagy gets better as a play caller and coach. Uh, I think Matt Nagy's going to likely miss this game coming up because he's on the COVID list. I don't know if he has COVID or whatever it might be close contact. I don't know, but I think he's going to miss this game. If he does, then who knows? Maybe Justin Fields will play better. I mean, I'm not being a smartass. I think that that's like unfortunately possible because if he misses the game, I wouldn't imagine that he'd still be the one to draw up the uh, game plan in that particular game. If he's got – if he's sick, he's sick, right? So I don't think he'd be like virtually drawing up the game plan. I think he would just have to delegate that task and maybe – just maybe it would work out better for the Bears' offense because they need a spark. They need something different, you know. And I think that's what Matt Rule meant last week when he put PJ Walker in. It was it was not because he's better than Sam Darnold. I think we know Sam Darnold is probably a better player than PJ. But I think the point was like we need to ruffle some feathers. We need to just have a new face in there. See what happens, right? He was looking for a spark. It didn't come. And uh, but I think in this case with Chicago, maybe that will happen and maybe it will be something that can propel them uh, to more success because I think the bears, like I said, man, if their defense can more often than not hold teams to 20 or fewer points, they really can. So they should in 2021 be able to win more games than they lose at the very least. And right now I think there's three and four. So they're right there. Uh, they, they're a competitive team. Most of the time. All right. 22 is the Seattle Seahawks and it's tough, man, not having Russell Wilson is clearly number problem number one, but they've had other problems as well. The defense against the Saints on Monday night bounced back and played pretty damn well, aside from how they defended Alvin Kamara, of course. And you know, but I think many teams have fallen victim to that. If you only allow what was it, 14 points or 13 points, that's that's pretty damn good football uh, defensively in 2021. So uh, the Seahawks right now, unfortunately, I can't give them much more than uh, number 22. The Broncos are at 21 for me, and I feel weird about having them above the Seahawks but uh the Broncos here's the silver lining if you will yes they've lost four straight but those losses have come against the Baltimore Ravens, the Pittsburgh Steelers, the Las Vegas Raiders and the Cleveland Browns okay and I know the Browns didn't have Baker Mayfield but that's still a very talented Browns team in uh in the last in that four game losing streak the Broncos have allowed 25, a little over 25 points a game over their previous three game winning streak. They allowed fewer than nine uh, points per game. So, you know, that's kind of been a big part of the difference as well. Like Teddy Bridgewater can look great when he's winning and the defense that he's, you know, that he has at his disposal is not allowing double digits. Right. Like that's that's going to be a pretty good looking quarterback because nothing is. um Through adversity at that point. Nothing is difficult. Once you start making things difficult on him, you kind of see the flaws that that has uh, that Teddy Bridgewater has. So that's kind of what it's been for Denver. I'd like to see my guy Drew Lockett an opportunity. I think that if things keep going this way, he eventually will. No matter how much the coaching staff doesn't like him, right? All right, number 20, the San Francisco 49ers. Again, another team that has lost four straight games, but these losses have been. Very competitive and against pretty good teams. For example, they lost to the uh, Green Bay Packers by two. They lost to the Seahawks by eight. They lost to the, or I'm sorry, by seven. They lost to the Cardinals by seven, and they lost to the Colts thirty to eighteen. But the Colts scored a late touchdown. You know, it's basically to me another one that could qualify as a one possession loss. So, um, you know, the Niners have been, of course, they started two and zero. We were all excited. Then, boom. They've now shit the bed. And I think we're getting closer and closer to a permanent uh passing of the of the torch to Trey Lance there. Because hey, if you're if you're in the point where now let's just say they're two and six, now it's like Shanahan, what are you doing? And I want to speak on this. This has been a rough year for Kyle Shanahan. This has not been the year where we look at him and say, wow, what a genius. It's for the large part. I mean, even that that comment by Darius Leonard the other day after the game kind of tells you something I think that you should really pay attention to, which is he said the niners go right down the field and score a touchdown they were doing a lot of misdirection and it was giving us real issues i'm happy they went away from it he said something along those lines so why and elijah mitchell was awesome on that first drive too they you know why would you go away from something that works so well that's just complete that's just like i don't understand what he's doing it's sometimes i feel like shanahan two things i have issue with number 1 i think he tries that outsmart himself sometimes. Like you had something working on the first drive. You go down, and score a touchdown. You never do it again. Okay. Number two, um, I think that this issue now, we saw it a couple of years ago with Dante Pettis. You draft him in the second round. He has a promising finish to his rookie season. You see none of him for his, uh, you know, remaining of his career in San Francisco. Now he's with the Giants. And he's playing pretty damn well. You see now Trey Sermon, the guy you traded up for in the third round. He's not playing. He's basically, he's not a healthy scratch, but he's not playing at all. Okay, and you've, you've got a guy you spent a later pick on, Elijah Mitchell, playing in a guy that I think is far less talented, or at least a little bit less talented than Trey Sermon. And he's in there, and he's the bell cow back, and he's the guy. like it's it's, And then, of course, Brandon Ayuk has a great finish to his rookie season, a great second half to his rookie season. He was injured in the first half, came out in the second half, played really well. It, it propelled him to being the first drafted receiver in San Francisco going in the fifth round in fantasy. And now... The guy is playing like seventy percent of the snaps almost every week, but he's not being targeted almost at all. It's like, it's almost like he. I want to know if he's ever the primary receiver, you know, in terms of like how the play is designed. Because I wouldn't think that Jimmy and Trey Lance were just and Trey Lance just started that one game, of course, but uh, and played in the Seattle game. But I wouldn't think they're just like ignoring him for whatever. I think that that's got to be how it's game planned. So I wonder. Is Shanahan just an egomaniac? And if you challenge his ego in any way or something to that level like that, that that's kind of my concern. Like, what's what's the issue there? Because I can't lie at this point, as much as I believe in the talent that is Trey Lance, I'm a little worried that Shanahan's going to get this way with him and and just not play him. And that will ultimately lead to the firing of Kyle Shanahan, because that's something you can't overcome. You know, I don't think that's gonna happen, just to be clear, but I, I am sort of concerned about it because we're starting to see a pattern of him just blackballing players, and I don't like that because talented players need to find the football field. And Shanahan, you are a f- offensive genius. Like, let's get these guys involved. We can't just go to Debo Samuel, and I have Debo Samuel in fantasy, so I, I would like that to continue, but we got to mix it up a little bit here. You're making yourselves easier to defend, and I don't get it. You got talented players, use them. Okay, the Atlanta Falcons, number nineteen for me. I wanted to give them some respect because they've won three or four. As I mentioned earlier, should be four straight wins. Matt Ryan's been very good in that time. They have uh, really come alive. I mean, it, it's been they they've been able to make some plays on defense. They've been able to hold some teams to fourteen points, seventeen points, and such. So I'm, you know, I think the Falcons have a bright future with the new coaching staff. I'm a, I'm kind of a believer now. Uh, number eighteen is the Minnesota Vikings. They had a bye week this week, but previous to that, they've been. Very competitive. I think they've won three straight, if I'm not mistaken, but they've been really good lately, you know. And and, went in there, beat up on the Panthers uh, before the bye. They beat the Seattle Seahawks with Russell Wilson. I think it was in week three. And so I think they've won three of four, actually. But in any case, the Vikings are a pretty decent team sitting at three and three coming off a bye. So we'll see how that pans out for them. The defense has been much, much better as of late. So Vikings fans should be excited about that. The Colts, for me, are number 17. They, as I mentioned earlier, should have easily, could have easily been on a four-game winning streak. Instead, they've won three of four, and they have a date with the Tennessee Titans this week for what is going to be a gigantic game in the AFC South. I predicted in the podcast with Josh that the Colts would win that game, and I stand by that the Colts win this game against a very good Tennessee Titans team. I don't mean any disrespect to the Tennessee Titans. I just mean that the Colts right now – have some momentum building and it's a perfect trap game for Tennessee being that it's a division game. It's a you know, it's a game where you just beat the Chiefs, you just beat the Bills, you're feeling great. It's you know, I just feel like it's a it's a potential trap game. So we'll see. Number 16, the New England Patriots. Guys, the Patriots this year, and I know you're going to say, "Well, they scored 54 in their last game," but they have the—they're averaging the 11th most points per game in the NFL right now. Okay, so Mac Jones doing his thing, and they may not be a bunch of deep balls, but I'll tell you what—the people that—it's so weird to me to see people criticize Mac Jones because of his lack of arm talent, and then in the same breath, praise Tua Tagovailoa. Mac Jones, I'll say it right now, has a stronger arm than Tua. That doesn't mean he's a better player. He'll be, or he'll have a better career, which I kind of think he will. But the point is, if you want to talk arm talent, Mac, in my opinion, very clearly has more of it than Tua does. Okay. And imagine this. We had the tank for Tua narrative and we had the Mac Jones, nobody wants narrative. It's very strange. Okay. Number 15 for me is the Pittsburgh Steelers, man. I think Pittsburgh is quietly trending up. And I think that They're doing that on the back of Najee Harris, giving him 20-plus carries a game. I don't give a damn if he averages three and a half yards a carry. It makes you better. Deontay Johnson, Ben Roethlisberger playing mistake-free football and the defense being good. So Pittsburgh is number 15 for me. The New Orleans Saints are 14th, man. The Four and two Saints. They're quietly one of those teams that before you know it, they're going to be six and two, and you're going to be like, whoa, maybe they're good, right? Jameis Winston is not really turning the ball over. I am very happy to say that for him. Who knows, maybe a combination of LASIK surgery and Sean Payton would be good for any quarterback. I happen to think it would. I mean, the LASIK is debatable, but Sean Payton and a red shirt year in this offense certainly helps. And he's doing this without Michael Thomas, by the way. So, um, you know, I, I, and it's not like, I mean, look, he's got Alvin Kamara and basically nothing else. So, What Jameis is doing right now in New Orleans is impressive. I hope Michael Thomas comes back and he's healthy so we can see what he'll look like with an actual legitimate weapon to complement Alvin Kamara in that offense. But uh, yeah, we'll see. Number 13 for me is the Cleveland Browns. I think they are still very legitimate. They are just four and three. So the record isn't all that impressive, but I think Cleveland is a good defense, even though they had that one awful performance against the Chargers defensively. Uh, But I think that Baker Mayfield can come back and be healthy you know, I'm obviously Odell's at this point. Someone I'm not going to count my, uh, I'm not going to count on to be hugely productive. But the Cleveland Browns, I think, to me, are still one of those teams that's very complete. I mean, they went on the, into Denver against a very good defense, without their top two running backs, which is the staple of this offense, and without uh, their quarterback. And I think they may have been without an lineman or Jedrick Wills is very much banged up in that one. So I think that is all very impressive to go in there and and uh, really control that game from start to finish was was uh something that I think is is you know a bigger accomplishment than maybe we would realize the Cleveland Browns are the 13th best team in football to me and I think that's the bare minimum of where they'll finish the season at number 12 the Las Vegas Raiders. I am pleasantly surprised to see them. I thought it was all unraveling. I thought, hey, they just lost their coach. They lost two in a row with their coach. They're about to be one of those teams that just like what, just like the Broncos or the Panthers. I thought they were going to be something in that nature. That has not happened. They've been very good since John Gruden's gone, and it's really brought that team together. And hey, that football is a game of momentum, man. They, they've reestablished momentum, and who knows? Now the uh, the Raiders could be. I mean, they could definitely, I think, win a play, make the playoffs and win a playoff game, maybe two. Is, I think two would be their ceiling, win a wild card round, win a divisional round. And then uh, that would be an AFC championship game appearance. So that would be a hugely uh, successful season, in my opinion, for a team that I still felt was probably a year away just because the defense is young and unproven, but they're playing pretty damn well this year. Okay, number 11, the Kansas City Chiefs. And yes, I'm still a believer, man. They still... Guys, a lot of times when you look at teams that add, you know, that lose multiple pieces along the offensive line at replace them with brand new guys for the most part, right? Lucas Nang was a was a COVID opt out last year. Uh, Orlando Brown's a trade guy this year, and then Joe Tooney's a, a free agent. That takes time to mesh. That's why Patrick Mahomes has been under a ton of pressure. Now, I would be willing to bet I'm going to clip this out. Remember, at the 21 and a half minute mark of the Power Rankings podcast in Week Eight, the Kansas City Chiefs pressure rate and the sacks allowed from the first half of the season to the final four or five games of the season or whatever it might be however that splits happen will be far less the improvement along the offensive line will happen and i'm telling you right now they are not done they are only three and four that means they're two games behind the first place team in the afc not saying they're going to win the first you know the the one seed But anything can happen. They are going to make the playoffs, in my opinion. They're going to be very dangerous when they get there because they have a full head of steam and momentum. So watch out for the Chiefs. Do not sleep on them and count them out just yet. Number 10 for me are the uh, Los Angeles Chargers. I think they are uh, obviously coming off the rough loss in Baltimore than a bye week. That bye week could have happened at a better time, in my opinion. Justin Herbert is um, still on pace to throw 40 touchdowns in a 17 game season, so it's not you know he's been awesome. The defense, I think, is still good. Just sometimes early in seasons, there's defenses, especially on a new new system or whatever. T- sometimes there's some struggles. There's some bumps in the road, you know. New pieces, new coaches equal early struggles. Often, you know, so that's something that I'm not super concerned about with the Chargers. I think they'll be a okay moving forward. They're number 10 for me. Number nine is the Baltimore Ravens. So. Lamar Jackson was on fire, okay, and then the last two games, that fire has, uh, has you know, decreased some. I guess you could say, right? Fifty-eight point six percent completion in those last two games, averaging two hundred and twelve yards a game, has thrown just two touchdowns, the two picks. The previous two, he was completing almost seventy-four percent of his passes, averaging almost four hundred yards a game, had five touchdown passes, two zero uh, interceptions. So obviously, as Lamar goes. The Ravens will go as such as like any of these real top tier quarterbacks teams. You know, that's just kind of how how that works. So I don't think that's an indictment on the Ravens. As a matter of fact, I think they have a championship caliber defense. So Baltimore still number nine for me. I couldn't justify putting them ahead of the Cincinnati Bengals who come in at number eight for me because the Bengals just went into Baltimore and soundly beat them. It wasn't as lopsided of the victory as you know the final score indicates because they had a couple late touchdowns or whatever but it was however a thorough beatdown. and by the way joe burrow his last five games 69 completion throwing for almost 300 yards a game 298 to be exact averaging 9.6 yards a pass attempt has 13 touchdowns to five interceptions and it just so you know 13 touchdowns to 5 interceptions may not seem crazy great, right? But extrapolate that out over a 16 game season, that would be 42 touchdowns to 16 interceptions. So it would be a fun, I mean a little bit high on the interception total. I get that second year player th- on pace for 40 touchdowns, you know, uh 45 or so over a 17 game season. He's only been sacked in that stretch one every 20 one every 22 pass attempts. So for all that was made about passing on Sewell and all that stuff. The offensive line that they do have has been protecting him fairly well lately. So that's pretty damn impressive. Uh, Number seven for me is the Tennessee Titans. They just beat the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs, and they dominated the Chiefs. So that's impressive. Uh, By the way, Ryan Tannehill, they're winning in a different way. Ryan Tannehill, we know this is Derrick Henry's team, okay? Tannehill in the last three games in which they've won all three games has had 197 passing yards 216 passing yards and then he had 270 um, against the Chiefs where by the way they didn't score in the second half of that game so keep that in mind because if they go and they only score like 13 points against the Colts this week I'm gonna uh, look at the last six quarters of this team's offense and wonder what's happening okay um and by the way, Tannehill just seven touchdown passes in seven games. So maybe that's the Arthur Smith you know, departure uh, playing a factor in that as well. Number six for me is the Dallas Cowboys, man. I think this is the lowest you can really have them because they've won five straight games. And they went into Foxborough and Dak through for 450 damn near or just about. Um, against the Patriots defense that I still think is pretty damn good. So um, yeah, the Cowboys are legit, man. I think they are a dangerous, dangerous football team. If this defense can still get takeaways in the months of January, December, who knows what it will happen with this Cowboy team because they can definitely score points. Number five for me, the Green Bay Packers. They you know, the uh, Packers have now won six straight games, but it hasn't been against the toughest of competition, you know, but I think winning six straight is winning six straight. So I'm, I have been certainly have been impressed with what they've been able to do lately. I think they've got their work cut out for them this week without without Devontae Adams and without Alan Lazard. I think that's, you know, uh, it's going to be a lot of depending on the run game, even with a guy like Aaron Rodgers as your quarterback, because they don't have much in the way of options to throw to who knows. Maybe this is the Randall Cobb coming out party back in Green Bay uh, 2.0. So we'll see. The oh, By the way, I want to talk about the Packers in the, in the way of their defense has been very good. So just, just keep that in mind. The defense has been good in Green Bay. So maybe they are positioned in, a, in such a way to win a game with defense and run game. I think they could, but that would be a huge accomplishment and one that I'm not too bullish on against the Cardinals this Thursday night, tomorrow night. Uh, number four is the Buffalo Bills for me, even though they've Lost two games, you know, those games were to two pretty good football teams, in my opinion Tennessee and Pittsburgh. Um, and they had Tennessee the entire game, and they should have beat Pittsburgh too, in all likelihood. But, um, They Look, man, they are tied with the Cardinals for allowing the fewest points per game, just 16.3 in the season, and they're scoring the second most points a game. So it's from that standpoint, it's hard to not love the Buffalo Bills. Number three, the LA Rams. So they got beat by the Cardinals, but this team has looked pretty damn unbeatable in every week since, aside from the game against the Detroit Lions, who almost gave them everything they could handle in that uh, last week. So yeah, man, I think the Rams, you know, Are one of the most complete teams in football. Can win with defense. Can win with offense. Have a quarterback that's playing as good as any quarterback in the league right now, Matthew Stafford. So Rams are number three for me. The number two team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And yes, I had. I have to admit, I had them at number one. I scratched it out and put them at number two because they have lost the game number one, and the defense at times has looked pretty bad. Right? They they you know they've had rough stretches. The Arizona Cardinals are the number one team for me, and the reason I had that is because. They, as I mentioned just a minute ago, are allowing the fewest points per game, tied with the Buffalo Bills, and they're scoring the fourth most points a the game. And guess what? They haven't lost a single game. They went into Cleveland and beat the Browns and beat the Browns down without their coaching staff, without Chandler Jones, didn't matter. Went in there and destroyed them. I cannot underestimate the Arizona Cardinals from this point on. It wouldn't surprise me if they went on a little bit of a losing streak at some point to finish like 14 and three or whatever it might be. But right now, this team is the best team in football so I have them at number 1, okay? Uh 6 teams in the NFC have a winning record, just 6, okay? 5 of those 6 are in my top 6. Okay, so think about that for a minute. That's kind of uh that's kind of crazy. You know, you've got a lot more losing record teams. It's almost um more top heavy than I think a lot of us would have thought that it would have been and then in the AFC you don't really you don't have any team that's that's uh a one loss team all the teams in the AFC have lost at least two games but it's a little bit less top heavy uh just in that way so anyways guys those are my power rankings I hope you enjoyed it I'll probably do another one in four or five weeks or so and then do another one um towards the end of the season so that'll be it for this podcast I hope you guys are enjoying them I'll talk to you later peace